Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie, Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. We had a brag because we get told that my DAR chapter are junior members, which are like anyone below the age of 45. We always get told that our, we're the most active juniors and we all ended up after the meeting. One of the girls had her daughter with her and she was like, I want a Happy Meal. And we're like, she's like, okay, we'll go get a Happy Meal and then we'll go to the bookstore. And the other girl and I were like, um, we want Happy Meals and go to the bookstore. And she's like, well, come on then. (laughs) (laughs) So we went to McDonald's and had Happy Meals and then went to Best of Books here in Edmond and bought some books. Well, sounds like you got a real treat, Megan. I did. Did And I learned a term that I wish I had known last week when I reviewed Love on the Brain. Bridget, one of the girls I was with, said she said that Allie Hazelwood is a STEMist, like a feminist for STEM, like oh. a STEMist. And I was like, yeah. this is vocabulary I needed last week in my life. Two weeks ago. <laughs> last week was, no, I guess it was last week because I'm getting week. confused because we did two episodes. We did two episodes yeah. last week, one for one exclusively for our Patreon members. Yeah. Another thing that got added last week was some really awesome new designs on our red bubble yes and my hat will be here i was hoping it'd be here by today so i could show you guys but not yet the one with the gnome on it it has a gnome (laughs) holding a pineapple (laughs) which if you've listened to us for more than five minutes you understand the joke the swing (laughs) the swinger reference Martha's actually wearing a pineapple shirt as we record. <laughs> I am. This is the shirt that I I bought this like, I think this shirt is at least four years old or more. I bought this and wore this the summer before I learned the information about the upside down pineapple. Well, they're well, not those upside are, down. So they're not no, upside these down. are right side up. But yeah, still, I, I would have questioned whether to purchase this item. No, I wouldn't have because I like this. It looks great yeah. on me. I don't there you care go. what anybody thinks. So we have gnomes <laughs> and pineapples, and then we have dinosaurs and a TBR list. Yep. Really, really good designs. I've already ordered a bunch of stuff. So go check it out on our Red Bubble. Megan's going to put some links up. Because it's, it's hard to, our- I don't know why it's so hard to find our stuff on Red It's on our link tree. If you go to any of our profiles, it's on our link tree, and you can just click right on the link in Red Bubble in our like description on Instagram. And I think it's in our Facebook too, because it is hard to find. I kind of like, I kind of think it's cute that when you search three book girls, first you go through like a page of marijuana themed merchandise. <laughs> I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I wonder Mr. Why Keith and I were trying to decide why that comes up. Everybody thinks like we're high, obviously. Or- <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> the three Lee. I hadn't thought about that. We clearly must be high. As I was sitting there sort of, you know, pre-planning, show prepping, I guess you could say today, I was kind of semi-surprised to find out that we didn't discuss Galentine's Day this year. 
I had a Galentine's last night with some of the DAR girls. We totally forgot about it. Last year, it was all about the Galentine's, and we did a thing on it, and we did... It was fun, and then all of a sudden, I realized Valentine's Day is this week, so we're not going to be doing anything for Galentine's. It does not mean we do not love you. We do. We gave you new merch designs for Galentine's. Yeah, and I mean, I did pull up some... (laughs) valentine's related things i found an article today about a what a great idea it is to date in a grocery store and if you think about it it really is a great place to take a date because you can find out a lot of things about somebody by what they like and about what they buy that you might not find out about them for a while take them to Sam's Club. That way you can find out how picky they are and what they'll buy in bulk and what they won't. See, that's another one. <laughs> there are a bunch of things I was thinking of I was, as I was sitting here. I was thinking, you know, if I went to the grocery store with a guy and he bought Vienna sausages, that's it. Oh, I'm that's, done. Nope. Yeah. That's the end. Nope. And how romantic would it be to buy a 15 roll thing of toilet paper and split your toilet paper See, with See, that freak, what a what a romantic gesture <laughs> that is. You want to go have Maybe in 2020, but not in 2020. Or, you know, you buy a bag of oranges and split them. Oh, that's You all so have different definition of romance. Sweet. I'm Hi. sitting here calling it romantic, but me and my son do it all the time, so I don't know how romantic it is. Well, I mean, but I was thinking specific things you know things that that would that would tip you off about somebody's personality while you're shopping Mm -hmm. true you know like people who are so impatient that when they get behind a really slow old lady in the grocery store they lose their motherfucking minds that's me i have zero patience for slow checkout situations i'm talking about little old ladies going down the aisles i I like, oh, you know, no. I, I am so patient with them. I'll even help them get things. But it really makes me mad when somebody's like. <coughs> I won't make any noise, but I will beeline around them because I'm like, I don't got time. So now we've learned something about Megan. I think it's because I worked in a grocery store for so long that like when you were having to try to get between places to like do work. those. So maybe maybe it wouldn't us. be a great place to take Megan on a date. Yeah. I'm thinking I probably would not do well either at a grocery store because for one thing, they're going to see I'm impatient with people who clog the aisles like Megan, and they're going to find out how freaking cheap I am because I buy everything off brand. See, and, and you learn a lot about Bonnie too, because she will never, ever, no matter what the item is, take the first one on the shelf. She always had to go way to the back and get that thing. Sometimes just the second or third. She'll never take the first thing, ever. Why? Because it has been handled and messed with. So is everything on the shelf. That's what I said. No, think about it. When, if you're restocking stuff that people have left at the checkouts or whatever, or returned, do you put it in the back or do you put it in the front? I put it in the front. Okay, there you go. Okay, but so everything on the shelf's been handled. Everything comes out of the case. Everything on that shelf's been handled. I know, but everything in the front but has not been as handled much as more. The front stuff. And more than likely, it's not the one that was left in checkout for freaking 35 minutes and then put back in the freezer. Okay, well, if it's cold things, yes. 
I do reach to the back because the cases are designed to be colder in the back than they are in the front because of the way the airflow. But if it's a shelf stable item, I don't care. I'm picking it up. But no, I I'm do talking reach about for the anything. Back. It doesn't matter what it is. Anything. So it's I thousand percent agree. I will reach to the back of the case every time. So it's just I interesting to see. Worked at Walmart and they put it in the front. Yes, when they're putting it back on the shelf. What's yes, something I, that you buy no, at the, the grocery store thing. that people would judge yeah. you for? Keith. Olives. I buy green olives every time I'm in the store. People hate green olives. I yeah. buy I buy green I like and green black olives. olives. I like black olives. I had olives. no idea so many people hated olives until like I was watching something some show and it was like here are the top five hated things and like olives really? was what yeah Damn. i really dislike i was olives. surprised i love black ones. i mean it was higher than anchovies man i could i could go for some olives right now i was just thinking i don't have any in my fridge i'd go get some right now they're, i just came shelf. back from sam's club and we bought these huge like this two pack of these like huge green olive like oh, things and i did feel like <laughs> We went and we didn't buy much and it was like a huge thing of cat food, a huge thing of toilet paper, a huge thing of olives, a thing of avocado oil. And I was like, people are going to think I'm crazy. What else? What else could... Uh... I went to Sam's today too. Did you? <laughs> what did you buy? What's the weirdest thing you bought today? Uh, I don't think I bought anything really weird. I bought some hard salami. Oh, I love salami. Was your Sam's crazy to try and get through because of the samples? Uh, we went first thing in the morning. They don't have the samples up. I mean, we go like right when they open the door. Like we See, went. Ours is an hour away. So oh. we wait for everything to be open. And that. And we, if we you go on the last. week. And if you go on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a Friday night. <laughs> well, now the, the last Super Bowl is tomorrow. Oh, God. So yes everybody had their samples out and there were like lines of people and man i passed some grumpy uh sample routers uh, now i don't know what was going on the time before um that i went i went on a sunday i usually don't go on a sunday oh, sundays are awful and they don't open until 10 i didn't realize it i got there at nine and i was like well i don't want to go home because i already gave echo a for treat and so on and so forth. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to call my sister and talk on the phone until they open. There was a freaking line. Like it was black Friday waiting for them to open. I told my sister, I'm going to wait like 15 minutes for people, everybody else to go in there because the people that went to early mass, you know, after that, they're headed over to the Sam's club. Was That's it before all the snow like though? Was it the Sunday before we had the, the supposed snow apocalypse that didn't happen? Yeah, it That's was. Yeah. But people were buying for the week, thinking that they're going to be snowed in all week. I went at 10 o'clock because I thought, all right, people are going to be at church. I can get this done. No, they got to, nope. if, if you get there, you know, you got several different waves of church on Sunday yeah. morning. Did anybody have the U.S. shooting down a second UFO on their 2023 bingo card? No, I didn't even have the first one on there. So I was definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely behind the times. I didn't think that in, that uh, we would be ready to risk uh, an intergalactic incident, but I guess we are now. I guess that's where we're at. Yeah. Some guy was like, the aliens just came to say hi and they just picked the wrong damn week. Yep. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what y'all are talking about. They well, shot down a like cylindrical something over Alaska. Alaska. Yesterday. Yeah. It's not a balloon. 
It's not any known aircraft. It's like, this isn't the week to fuck with us, man. <laughs> They're like, we, we shot one out. down. They don't know where this one came from. It's a mystery. But the UFO people are going nuts right now. Yeah. They, they I popped love up that. on my TikTok. I love that. And they that. were like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> we are down in Roswell right now. It's going to be the new conspiracy theory. So much for first contact. Right. They're like, oh, they're violent. Let's not go there. But believe me, if they're flying around there, they know. They know. <laughs> no, I watched the Grammys on Sunday. Nobody's pants split, but Harry no, Styles' stage did go the wrong direction. did. Yep. And... I was like, why does he look like really stressed out? And then it came out after that. And I was like, oh, well, that would do it when your stage is rotating the wrong way. That's what live performing is all about. So scientists have finally done a study to determine that purchasers of sports cars, male purchasers of sports cars, actually do have smaller penises. Now, I'm just wondering how they figured that out. Did they measure? I, somebody probably did somewhere. I know that they tricked them. They said the average penis size was seven inches, which is a lie. Well, I think that's one of the questions on the loan contract. Is it? <laughs> I wondered if you had to have a penis under six inches in order to get a sports car. And mm. Bonnie works for the loan industry. She would know. Yep. I have to make sure that it matches up. So, you know, pictures are required. Oh, no one wants those pictures. <laughs> Bonnie does. Were the men freaked out when they said the average was seven inches? Well, what? I think they probably did. That's what it said in the article. Of, of course, I shared it before I looked at the details because it's just a hilarious. Um, it was clickbait. Yeah, it, it really was. It was clickbait. So I sent it to the girls and then opened it and was reading about it. And it was like, full disclosure, told the men that that was the average size. And then we asked them all these questions. So I think that they're kind of just, you know, going by, you know, which cars they prefer or whatever after they've given them that, that other information. So I don't know how accurate any of that is. I just thought it was funny. Although Me I and Tyler have decided that it's not only sports cars. Anyone who has a jacked up truck. Yep. See, I think it's more the jacked up trucks. Agree. Yes. Also size. Tiny I think the sports cars are like your midlife crisis. Like, yeah. because I never yeah. see somebody under the age of 40 anymore driving in a sports car. Well, they're too freaking expensive. I mean, the only people that can afford them are older people. Now, the jacked up truck thing, a lot of times you see these tiny little guys. Short guys, skinny guys driving these big ass trucks. They're compensating. Unless they live in the country and they're farmers, then maybe I could understand. But those jacked up trucks that are driving around the city that yep. are nicer looking than most houses, those are the tiny dicks. They got to drive a monster truck around to show their superiority. They're that take up two spots at the Walmart. Like, at, at least. Because now they've got... They're the weirdest trucks, and I keep seeing them around our little town, and I'm like, none of you are farmers. They have, like, two sets of tires, so Dooleys. they won't fit. Dooleys, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they won't fit in those. So, I mean, it's always, like, they're always taking up every spot at the grocery store, and I'm just like, 
you didn't have a hatchback you could have brought like you're gonna buy that much shit that you had to bring your weird ass truck yeah (sighs) there was one time when i was working at the auction and one of the great things about working at the auction and being friends with some of the dealers is if you were having car problems or something you could just call one of your dealers and they just let you drive a car that they had at the auction for sale so long as you brought it back for the sale on thursday they were fine and um, they would just leave it for you in the parking lot and leave the keys at the guard shack. Uh-huh. And that I did that one time and I went to go get the car and it was one of those freaking doolies. <laughs> this, this truck was huge. Did you it was a, bigger than my apartment. Did you need a step stool to get up in it? You're so short. I can't imagine you getting up into that. <laughs> oh my God. It was, <laughs> it was hard to get into it. She would have to and got, then, have the guy from the guard shack give her a boost. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like, could you get me a step stool? <laughs> and I drove it home and I live in an apartment complex. So there's, it wouldn't fit underneath the carport. So I had to park <laughs> it on an outside parking spot. Oh my gosh. And then of course the next day they're like, we left you the wrong truck. <laughs> Things like an $85,000 dually that I'm driving around afraid that I'm going to wreck it. Oh my God. It was it was crazy. Yeah. That's that's how I felt. I had to like have the seat as far lifted and and stuff as I could. One of the guys I went to college with, he didn't have like a jacked up truck, but he had a white truck that he but if you told him his truck was white, he was like, No, it's pearl. And so Rachel always used to say, So you paid extra for your car to have glitter. <laughs> Which really made him unhappy. Oh, yeah, that would piss him <laughs> the right off. The two of them hate each other. Like, she's yelling at her phone right now listening to this. But, like, that was an <laughs> ongoing battle with them. Was uh, I can't wait she- to use that on somebody the next time I see a... Uh- that metallic sheen on a vehicle. Yeah. So like, you, you paid extra it. to get glitter, did you? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's Valentine's weekend, and because we want to throw a little bit of glitter on this podcast, <laughs> we're going to let Keith go first today because she's the queen of romance. Okay, well, the book I reviewed this week is called Secretly Yours by Tessa Bailey. I am biased, but Tessa Bailey is one of my favorite authors, so she could probably write a... um a grocery list and put it in a book and I'd buy it because I'm just that fascinated by her. But um, so this book is uh, a grumpy sunshine kind of book. And the main characters are Julian, who is this, who is a professor at an Ivy league school. He's really uh, strictly scheduled and very straight-laced and doesn't smile very much. And he has taken a sabbatical because he's writing a spy novel. So he kind of sequesters himself away in his family's, uh, in a, like his family's cottage. This all takes place in wine country, like near Napa Valley. So it's very much about wine, this entire book. So Julian's home and his family actually has a vineyard. And then our leading lady is Hallie and she is a gardener and she is very much the opposite of Julian. She's very flighty and fly by the seat of her pants. And I mean, 
like she can't even give her clients a time as to when she's going to be there for their job. She just kind of is like, I will be there in the next couple of days. In this book, Julian and Hallie went to high school together. And when he was about to graduate, he was a senior. His little sister had a party and she wasn't supposed to. And he was kind of trying to get everybody out of the house. And he came across Hallie and they talked and they shared this kiss and it was Hallie's first kiss and she was all about it. And he then realized that she was a freshman. So he was 18 and she was 14 and he dropped her like she was a hot potato and was just like, okay, like you're way too young for me. I'm out. And ever since it's 10 years later, at least, and she can't stop comparing every man she dates to this guy because she just thinks he is the end-all be-all of men and of course now this he comes home and he's been away because he's a professor at another college and now he comes home just when she's like oh maybe I'll move on so no we're not moving on so the whole book is just ridiculous situations that happen it's just a whole lot of lighthearted fun. Hallie knows that he has come home and she is all about trying to make sure she crosses paths with him. So she calls his mother and is like, <laughs> uh, that cottage that you have, I noticed that it doesn't have any plants. I have this great idea for this arrangement I could do in the garden. And of course the mom like hires her. So now she's planting things in the garden and he just wants to be left alone and when he goes to confront her she realizes that he has no idea who she even is he doesn't remember ever kissing her and she's so freaking bummed that she goes out drinking with her best friend that night and she gets insanely drunk and she and of course we know that when you are super drunk you make the best decisions ever so she writes him this note and leaves it in a place where only he can find it all about how much she admires him. And he was so amazing and all these things. And then she doesn't sign it with her name. Oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't seem like a good plan. It's not. And she's so horrified when she realizes that she did this in a drunken stupor. But of course, he's already got the letter and they talk and he has no idea it was her that wrote it. And he's talking about the letter and how it made him feel happy and stuff. So then she's like, well, now I got to write another freaking letter. And the whole book is full of weird, just stuff like that, like. At the very beginning of the book, we learn that this is wine country. Hallie loves this little wine shop and it's called Corked. And it's been there forever, like for 70 years or something. And someone and a business moves in next door to Corked and they name their business Uncorked. And they do the exact same things and draw all her business, this little old lady's business away. And so Hallie is so mad about it 
that she, she just does all these weird things. Like she'll go next door and she'll, and she'll take down their, they have decorations and she'll take down their decorations and then run like a mad woman. Um, this book is just full of weird, bizarre crap like that. Like she, this character, it's like she's a 28 year old woman in a 10 year old's body because she just doesn't really think and she's just all over the place. So she'll be sitting somewhere and she just has a thought pop into her head and without thinking, she'll just go and do whatever she's, she had the thought about. And that is worth its weight in gold just to read about all the crazy shenanigans she does. And she's trying to get this dude who is just like, okay, I'm writing a novel, which means that every day I have to write for a two hour stretch and then I get a 10 minute break and then I write for an hour and then I get a 15 minute break. And if I've written a hundred pages by whatever, I get to have a glass of wine that night. I mean, he's like crazy structured and she's just. So it was really funny. It's not hugely realistic in any way, but it was hysterical and of course there this is tessa bailey who is called the queen of the dirty talk and holy crap the straight laced dude has some dirty talk in his arsenal that Woo! is bizarrely some just dirty amazing talk. yes a filthy mouth man in <laughs> behind closed doors of course if you want something that's just hysterical and that you'll laugh at and you're not looking for anything angsty or stuff that could actually happen in real life <laughs> this is your book and that was secretly yours by tessa bailey awesome okay now we get vani i'm trying to break up the romance a little bit today since you know it's really weird not going first sorry it's okay i don't even know how it started that i always went first anyways uh, i think it started because nobody first. wanted to go first for we, a long it's time. because we went in a row that's why because we went it, you were on uh, you were on that side on and we went around we went in a circle like like you, dealing you, cards you didn't you didn't use the the haunted microphone yeah is the so, haunted microphone gone now that yep, the studio got it's updated? gone we got Aww. brand new microphones brand new everything it's so beautiful which you'll find out as soon as I figure out the right chords to use so we can go back. <laughs> Yay. So I decided to read a book that I've heard a lot about, both movie and book-wise, but I've never actually stopped to read it. And it's Life of Pi by Jan Martel. Most people have heard of this and know the general concept, but this is a book about a boy who grows up in India and his parents are zookeepers and his name is Piscine Patel but in school everybody starts calling him pissing Patel because they thought it was funny and it's just you know like a bully kind of thing to do so he decides that he's going to change his name to just Pi so that's how he came up with the name Pi his father's a zookeeper so he has grown up around zoo animals his whole life um, he also has a very different way of thinking, like 
when he's younger and is first trying to figure out religion, he decides that he wants to be a Christian like his family, but he also wants to be Muslim and he also wants to practice Judaism. So he decides that he's just going to join all of these different religions and actually does and goes to church, these different, not, well, there aren't all churches, but like, you know, all of these different religions, places to pray to each specific way. And the way that he kind of explains it, and I can understand how he thinks is really, they're all the same. And of course his parents don't like that. Cause they're like, you know, our God is the true God, yada, yada, so on and so forth. And he's like, but they're all basically the same, but it just kind of gives you an idea of how this character thinks it's very out of the box. And I like that. I like that. He thinks out of the box. It makes you just look at things in a different light. So it's very interesting. The story starts with him actually telling his story to a journalist in Canada. So he's living in Canada now. And when he's going back to his story, he talks about his growing up in India and about all of these different aspects about his religion and how he changed his name and how he grew up around zoo animals because his dad was a zookeeper. And um, his family decided to sell the zoo or the zoo animals and move to America. And they get on a cargo ship to come across to America and the ship sinks. There's like some kind of explosion or something. And uh, Pi had gone up, heard it and had gone up on deck to see what was going on. And he's thrown into a lifeboat and the whole story is about him telling the journalist about how he's in this lifeboat with a hyena, an orangutan, a zebra, and a tiger. And about what happened on his way, you know, this whole elaborate story about how he had to survive with especially like a tiger who is a very aggressive carnivore in a lifeboat. He's in the lifeboat for, I want to say like seven months. And he finally, I don't want to say crashes or lands, or I don't know what washes up maybe on the shores in Mexico. Then there's kind of a twist when he's in Mexico. Um, When the company who owns the boat comes to interview him to see if they could find out what actually happened to the boat, because he's the only survivor from this boat crash. And I can't tell you what the twist is, but it kind of like turns the whole story into something different. It makes you question everything from the whole like eight hours that you've just read. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, it's, that's basically what the book is about. Um, it's a very philosophical book. It's, um, I think it's more about the 
philosophical journey that he took being in the boat raft than the actual story of the boat raft, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it was a very different kind of read. It, it was a very good book, very well written. I enjoyed it. The end of the book kind of threw me a little bit. I don't know if I like how it ended, but then I don't know that I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Have you ever read something that makes you feel like that? You're like, yeah, I don't know if I like that, but maybe I do. It makes you think. It definitely is a book that makes you think. And I very much enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. One of the reasons why I had never read this book before is because I didn't think that I would like it. And I actually did. So very well written. I would recommend it. I know Martha's read it, so she can tell us what she thought of it. And that was called uh, Life of Pi by Yan Martel. Well, that's what, cool, Bonnie. I didn't know anything except that there was a kid and a tiger in a boat. So, well, I actually was a part of, believe it or not, a book club at one point. What? When I first moved to Houston, I was so desperate for friends <laughs> that I joined this book club and it was with a bunch of expatriate women who were the wives of Schlumberger guys and that's the company that my husband worked for so there were people from all different countries in this book club so it was like really really a cool book club but that was one of the first books that we read and all of the books that we read in that book club were excellent I didn't read anything shitty and there was no romance it was all really just good you know fun well, I shouldn't say fun. It was all very thought-provoking material that we ended up reading. And that was one of the first books that was on offer when I was in that book club. So, And I did love it. I was very surprised because I didn't think I was going to like it because I'd never really been a part of a good book club before. It was always just, you know, I hate to say it, but every other book club I'd ever been a part of before that was always what other people like. And it was always romance books. So I never really, you know, romance or religion and see, I yes, both of those things. Ah, I had always heard that this book was very religious and I don't like super religious books. So I, that's one of the reasons why I didn't read it for a long time. And it is religious, but not, not in the way you'd think, but not in a preachy way and like a phil- philosophical way, like what I said. All right, Megan, would you like to uh, take us along another romantic journey? Speaking of crappy romance novels, sorry. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. <laughs> I will mute my mic. <laughs> Actually, I, can I will eat a pretzel really loudly. I, two, I got two people mic. in here that will kick the shit out of me if I say that again. Mm-hmm. I'll just crunch this pretzel right into the microphone for you. <laughs> So this week I am reviewing Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Such a good book. And what I liked about this book is that it wasn't your typical like young girl and they're just, you know, figuring out life. This was more of a 30 something year old woman who has her shit together and you kind of don't see what's going to happen to her. So we have our main character, Nora. And she has 
basically raised her younger sister. Their mother passed uh, when Nora was in college and her sister was in high school. And she is in publishing. She's like a book agent, basically. And we first see her, she's getting dumped over the phone because she is the opposite of a romance person in her life. So you know how like in every romance they go to the small town and then they have to save a business and they fall in love with the local person and all is right in the world. She's the person that gets left when they go to the local town. <laughs> like every boyfriend she's had goes to vacation in these small in a small town and then breaks up with her because they're staying in a small town because they found true love and they don't want to live in the in New York City anymore. So she's just kind of built a wall when it comes to dating. So she's running late to this meeting because she's currently getting dumped over the phone by the last guy who just went to a small town and is staying there in like Texas or something. And she's going to meet an editor. She's trying to pitch one of her books or one of her client's books. And he is kind of gruff. And she's like, oh, he's mad because I'm two minutes late and you know, whatever. And he goes, I don't want this book. And she's kind of like, why? And he's like, because she's, the author's clearly never been to this town. What's a sun, a Sunshine Falls, North Carolina. She's never been there. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. This book is great. It's a small town. It's a romance. She's pitching a romance. And he's like, he just kind of is like, mm, no. And they both are like, this is a waste of time. But here we are. We're going to have lunch and we're going to act like this isn't a waste of both of our times. And we're just never going to talk to each other again. So she goes on her merry way. The book gets published. Somebody else edits it. It is a bestseller everybody wants to read this book everybody is in love with it i think it was like once in a lifetime or once it was once something and her sister loves this book and her sister decides hey you know what we need we need to plan a like sister vacation so let's take a month and we're gonna go to sunshine falls and we're gonna stay in this airbnb cottage and we're just gonna do all the small town things like her sister literally makes a checklist like wear a flannel shirt date a local save a small business and Nora's just going okay I'm just gonna humor her her sister is four or five months pregnant so she's thinking like she just wants and she has two kids at home she's married she's, she's like okay she just needs to get away before baby number three I will appease her and we will go so they go and they're staying they have to like hike up a hill <laughs> to their cottage there's no road up to it and the sister's got the checklist and is just really trying to get Nora to fall in love with this small town. And Nora's just going, I have to work, I have to work, I have to work. She finds the only Wi-Fi in town, which is at the local, local little bookshop that has no sense of order. It's just books just wherever they are or haphazardly placed uh, according to what she thinks how they should be placed. And she, of course, runs into Charlie, which is our book editor from the luncheon. And she runs into him. She sees him first and manages to avoid him because she's like, this can't be him. She starts like emailing him, trying to see if it's him answering his phone and stuff while they're in line at this coffee shop in town. And she runs away <laughs> because she realizes it is him. And she just thinks he hates her. Like, why would, why would he want to see her? And come to find out, Charlie's mom owns the bookstore. And she runs into him often because she's at the bookstore using the Wi-Fi. 
to work for a couple hours every day because she's trying to get her author to get another book in. And when she finally starts getting pages from this book, the character is a thinly, thinly veiled version of Nora. And as soon as she reads it, she goes, this bitch is writing about me. <laughs> this career driven woman who has no soul and has like all these things. Uh, and Nora shares it with Charlie and Charlie really likes the book. He really wants to edit it. So they ended up teaming up as co-editors kind of for this book. She's getting the pages. So they're having to work closely. They've been texting and emailing back and forth. He, at one point they send, um, I don't remember, I feel like it was dinosaur erotica, but it might not have been, but it was some kind of like dirty romance that she was like, oh, look at this book I just got sent, like trying to mess with him. Uh, so they're kind of flirting back and forth and spending a lot of time together <laughs> and all of those things. Um, we find out why it was so important for her sister to do this trip. There's a little bit of a twist at the end um, between Nora and her sister. Um, it doesn't follow the typical path, I will say, of a romance. It does kind of, it does, but it doesn't. And I don't want to give anything away because that's no fun. Um, but it is, it was fun to watch her and Charlie interact and they're kind of mean to each other, but in a flirty way. And there's another guy who's trying to get Nora's attention and Nora's really trying to maybe like this guy because she's trying to make her sister happy to check off the dated a local guy on the list. Um, and they go to this, there's like one bar to eat at and it's horrible food. <laughs> and the salad just has giant cubes of ham in it that no one can figure out why it just is. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I read it in a couple of days and I highly recommend, especially if you're a book person, which we all are. So if you like a little book romance, I would highly recommend, I give it five stars, Book Lovers by Emily Henry to see what happens to Charlie and Nora. Well, now that we've done all that sweet, sweet romance. <laughs> Sci-fi? Nope. How Space. about some horror? Ooh. Weirdly enough, this time of year is a great time for horror novels. Every year, something new comes out. And I actually have read two really good ones just in the last two months. But I kind of am putting off the other one. This one, I, I simply can't put off. I have been waiting for this one for a while. And the reason why is because Stephen King is, is going on about this guy. And now that I've read this novel, I know why. It's called Gothic by Philip Fracassi. I think if I hadn't had in my brain that Stephen King had read him, I would have found the parallels anyway. Because this book is about a 50-something writer who writes horror novels who's had some super successful books and now has come down, he's sort of come on the downward slide and is getting to the point where his agent doesn't call him back and he's not married to the girl that he lives with, but he's been living with her forever. And he, he has a daughter. His first wife has died a long time ago. And so he, that's his 
living dynamic. He lives with, and he even lives in a house that sounds like Stephen King's house. I mean, it's, Hmm. and there are a whole bunch of little, I don't know if this was on purpose. I'm sure it was though. But there were a lot of little Easter eggs, like all the different titles of Stephen King's books. I don't know if all of them were in there, but I noticed a whole bunch of them because I was listening to it. Of course I was because I listen to the audio versions every time. It reminded me so much of the early horror novels that I read when I was young back in the 80s. It gave me that same feeling of dread that I haven't really felt about a horror novel in a long time. I don't know why that is, but I think it comes from the fact that this novel is mostly about a cursed object. So the ob- it's not it's not the devil or a demon or you know something along those lines. It's very stereotypical. It's his birthday party and his girlfriend has this desk delivered to him. And you get a little a little look before before it's delivered um, that gives you an idea about what this thing is. It's actually made out of this stone that was used to sacrifice people or something. So it's like all of the horror and evil and everything that sort of that men had inflicted against each other over time is sort of soaked into the stone and this beautiful grotesque carving has been done all the way around it and as a result of him having this desk the very first night he has it is is his that very that day before the party he has gone to talk to his agent his agent is, well, okay, well, where is the book you promised me? And he gives him pages, but it's something totally different. And his agent's pissed off and he doesn't like it. And so basically he said, you know, you're going to have to give me the money back if you don't deliver the book you promised. So that first night that he is at this desk, he basically, he writes all night just in a rage and like he doesn't he's like zoned out he wakes up and he has peed himself and his fingertips are all bloody there's blood all over his laptop because basically he's been writing all night without stopping and he's written an entire book in one night oh my yeah so he takes it and gives it to his agent and his agent is absolutely gobsmacked he can't believe how good it is and he ends up selling the book of course he does and it basically goes on from there and gets more and more horrific over time now there's a lot of gore there's a there is every single trigger that you could possibly imagine is in this book it's not the kind of book that a casual horror lover would want to read it is really extreme a lot of blood a lot of, I mean, there's rape, there's child killing, there's animal killing, there's every single thing that you can think of. Now, I'm not saying that I like all of those things, but what I am saying is that the story was so well-crafted. I, it's like I said, it, it was that feeling that I've lost for all of these years. I've, I haven't felt 
that way about a book since I was in high school. It gave me that same feeling of horror and just dread. I had to put it down a bunch of times and switch to something else because it was just freaking me out. I don't know. I think this is going to be massive. I think it's going to be huge. I already ordered it. There is no hardcover. They're on, they've only put it out in um, uh, paperback so far. It's going to be huge, though. Hide and watch. It's going to be a movie. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. It's, it's going to be huge. So if you dare... Oh, there's a suicide thing, too. It's all, all of the triggers... All of them. I know. I sound like a horrible person, but. It really... I just like the way you say, oh, there's a suicide thing. Yeah, it's all of it. <laughs> all of the things are in this book that you want to avoid. It will give you PTSD. And that's called Gothic by Philip Fracassi. Pete, it gives normal people PTSD. It gave Martha good feelings inside. No, it gave me a horror woody is what it gave me. <laughs> That is awesome. Can we expect anything less? No. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it it takes a special talent to scare the shit out of people. To really, <laughs> truly scare them. Not just give them the creeps, but to really, truly scare them. And I just admire that. This is Martha's version of fangirling. Yeah, it is. <laughs> True. It really is. He's on my, uh, I had, there are a bunch of other things that he has out that I have not read, mainly because I read from the library. And if I don't know if I'm going to like somebody's work, I'm not going to order it. So I guess I'm going to be ordering a bunch of other books of his to put on my shelf as well. (laughs) So that's really a lovely way to end a Valentine's Day show, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> With a little bit of horror. Yeah, I probably should have put yeah, the horror in the middle. <laughs> everybody dies. Everything's great. Yeah, she gives him this beautiful desk for his birthday, and it. But it is pretty um, gross, though. We watched a movie I had never heard of last night, my friends and I, and it was fabulous for a Galentine's movie. It's called The Decoy Bride. Hmm. It came out in like 2011, and it has David Tennant. Oh, I love David Tennant. Yeah, uh-huh. David Tennant. Sounds like and a romance, I can't remember though. the two... The what? It does sound like it a sounds romance. sounds like a romance, though. It is, but it was so good. Sorry, Martha. Uh, Damn it. We're talking about Valentine's. I know. And, and his two... I can't... The one leading lady um, was the voice... Uh, she voiced Merda in Brave. So she's Scottish. Oh, I love, I love a good and Scottish accent. Also, Helena Ravenclaw in the Harry Potter movies, when you see the ghost for like a second. Oh. And I can't remember who the other, the other girl was in Star Trek, um, the second new Star Trek movie with Benedict Cumberbatch with Khan. Mm. She's the, the guy's daughter. Pat would know all about that, but yes, I'm, she would I'm... know exactly. But I mean, we had, it was the best, the, be- the other best part was the trailers before the movie we're all movies that we've literally never heard of. And we were like, we need to watch every single one of these movies. You they know, look, they're all terrible because the show's been out till 2011, since 2011. <laughs> well, and there are, and so many of them were because of deep twilight movie era. And so the first one was like Mandy Moore and Kellen Lutz. And we we're like, how did we miss this? 
And then the one after there was, and there was another one that triggered us all. It's not a romance. <laughs> and it was called um, All the Senses or something like that. And it's a pandemic movie. So it cre- we're like, oh, this is like a cutesy romance. And all of a sudden it gets dark. And, it, and like someone walks into the hospital and was like, I can't taste anything. And all three of us were like, ah! And then like the next scene was like, I can't smell anything. We're like, oh my God, this movie came out in 2011. <laughs> and then he passes people wearing like surgical masks. All three of us jumped out, like had our feet up. In okay, the now I have like, to know what the name of that one is. I want to say it was, I'll find it. I'll text okay. it to you or I'll look it up. But it was hilarious. And it's like Ewan McGregor. Like it was not like a nobody. It was like Ewan McGregor was huh. like the lead. Huh. But it was eerie. But you lose like all of your senses. Like you lose your taste, your smell. Like you start to, lose. but the first two are our trigger. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, this is too real, too real. Get out. Anybody else? Oh, I saw a really funny thing. Somebody posted, uh, they were talking about, Hey, ladies, don't be expecting flowers this Valentine's when for the past two weeks you've been singing about how you can buy yourself flowers with Miley Cyrus's new song. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really in love with the idea of getting flowers anyway. No. Well, Megan just sneezed her head off. That's when I what that's what I do. I did he, just he buys me fl- he buys me flowers and I like them. But, but I don't. So but I don't like lilies because they make me sneeze. And every time you buy a bunch of flowers from Walmart, <laughs> they've got one lily in there, one big old freaking hunkin' lily. Because See, they're were, pretty flowers. They're beautiful, but ahead, God, he, he could go toxic. in advance and order a bouquet and have them put it together without any lilies in it. Oh, but that's not really sustainable. That's not a good idea for. I just don't like the idea of a gift that I have to work to keep alive. Yeah, there's that too. I mean, I always I already like have the, kids. I like so, the day I want after. Else. I like the day after th- after Valentine's Day when the boyfriend or husband forgot Valentine's Day and would come running into Kroger, and the only vases we had left were like the fifty to seventy five dollar range, and he had no choice. Yep. Yep. But to buy the granddaddy like <laughs> display piece of Flowers. we always made like one or two arrangements that were super expensive because we knew on the day after at like six thirty in the morning, some guy would come running in and be like, I'll take it. I don't care what it costs. Or be like, You were in the doghouse, sir. We call this the doghouse bouquet. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite thing you've ever received for Valentine's Day? Or no, no, no. 21 years ago, I got a baby. Oh, did you really? (laughs) Oh, and now. Yeah, he turns 21 tomorrow. So I usually don't do Valentine's Day because it's usually his birthday. What's what would be the ultimate in a Valentine's Day gift besides a baby? What would be the best thing, the most romantic gift you can imagine receiving? A trip to Europe, but not Paris because that's cliche and I hate it. Paris. No offense, France. Okay, so guys, you know how to get to Megan's heart. Bonnie? Dude, I have no clue. I don't know what I would want for Valentine's Day. Keith? I'm lame. I want a bunch of books. (laughs) (laughs) Except that he wouldn't be able to know what books to buy, so I want a gift card to buy books. There you go. That is. How about a winning lottery ticket? Yep. (laughs) That's a good one. That's even be- that that if really. I knew of a way to ensure that he could like. <laughs> I don't want just a bunch of scratch offs that I might 
win money. You know what I mean? I want the winners. And I'm not talking about two, five dollars, ten dollars. There better be more than three zeros on that thing. Well, with or without a decimal point. (laughs) I think you're going to have to reach pretty high to get into Vonnie's knickers. What Martha, what what is your gift of choice? Uh a starfish with five penises on it. Well, you know, I kinda actually bought myself a Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> what? A pair of pink sweatpants. Did this do they say juicy on the ass? I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> They say they say flirty. <laughs> so you got the off brand. <laughs> well, yeah, I just told you that I don't I don't spend the money on the name brand. You know what stuff. I want? I wear I want a pair of pink sweatpants that say "Kiss My." <laughs> nice. It's a good one. No, sorry, Martha. I I interrupted your perfect gift. No, I don't really have one. I mean, obviously, a trip, a trip somewhere would, like, not somewhere in the U.S., I'm talking somewhere else, is the ultimate gift for me. If somebody got me a trip, though, I would want them to take care of all of the details, like, as in, find somebody competent to watch my dog, make sure I get the time off work, get my passport for me. Jesus so I don't have Christ. to fool with you it. You are high maintenance, bitch. You have to get your own passport. You have to sign and take a picture. I'm just saying, if you get me a trip to Europe, then I'd have to do all of this shit. She needs to make it she happen. she along to go along with the present. She's going to need a personal assistant as well. There you go. There you go. <laughs> How are we supposed to trick you into CVS for a picture? <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you could tell me what it's for. Oh, so okay. long as you do well, we've got to we've got to go someplace for 2025 because that's my next big milestone. I think it is. Yeah, 2025, I will be sixty. Was that sixty? I didn't hear that. <laughs> I've got something in my throat. <laughs> Vonnie and I will be fifty, right? Yep. yep. Is that true? Yep. I had to think about it. So you see, we kind of. Will I be forty? Yes, that's weird, right? That's, <laughs> that's why we need a trip in twenty twenty five. Oh yeah, because I was born in eighty five. So yeah, yeah, I was born in sixty five. <laughs> When's your birthday, Megan? March eleventh. March eleventh. So yeah, right before, right after Marcus. Yep. I was born in 74, so I must be 51. Well, so long as we go before your birthday. When's your birthday? Oh, November. Yeah, okay. we can easily yeah. do it. We I'm have like to all before, confused by math. We have to go before August so we can all be 10 years apart. Yes. <laughs> we have to go like, like I'll, I'll set it up for, for June that year. Your perfect gift, Martha, would not be the sunfish or the starfish. Well, don't want the starfish. The starfish would be pretty awesome. Because you know, you have a birthday coming up too. I do. So. I have yeah, my birthday is the twenty third. 
But I think it would be weird if I got you an adult toy for your birthday. Yeah, that is that kinda, would yeah. That would send the that would be something that would have to come from your husband. Sorry, I love you, but not in that way. Yeah. No. <laughs> you could get her handcuffs. No, no, I don't know. That whole being tied up thing is for not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just not into yeah, it. Yeah, what the hell? I'm just I'll not get her into some it. pineapple pasties and she can put them on whatever way she wants to. Oh, <laughs> upside down pineapple. They'd have pasties. to be really, really, really small. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, but anyone that wears pasties probably are not rocking the double D's. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. They're fake. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have to. I mean, if they were hanging low, you couldn't see nippleage anyway. They'd be no, I'd under say, themselves. I'd, themselves. I'd have to go like this. Look at my pasties. <laughs> <laughs> she threw her arms up in the air for those of you who need a visual. And <laughs> I'm like, what's that one movie that <laughs> that they tell her, ma'am, you have to wear bottoms to your bathing suit and I'm able to in order to come in and she lifts up her belly fat i do have on bottoms <laughs> <laughs> that's awful <laughs> <laughs> although the first thing i thought of was when you raised your hands up like that real fast it was like uh -huh. oh that's pasties on a roller coaster right there <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! i'm actually Lucky my boobs didn't pop out of the bottom of my bra when I did that. You're lucky you didn't give yourself a concussion. I, I know. Flop one of those bad boys and give me a black eye. I already have scratches on my on my throat from Ryder. People are going to think I got really lucky this weekend. I was going to say, um, from Ryder? The dog? Bonnie will come, Bonnie will come limping show. in. She's got a black eye and scratches all over <laughs> Woo, Just, you must have had a nice date this weekend. <laughs> Early Valentine's Day. <laughs> Trying to earn money for that trip. <laughs> and that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. And get it off of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.